All right, folks, what is going on? This is episode 543 of the First of Frame Rate Show. I am Via Volo. Here we talk about Georgia Southern Atlanta Falcons football. And today we're going to jump back and forth. We're going to go to Georgia Southern first. We're going to jump back to the Atlanta Falcons. And uh, we're really much going to be on go. I mean, both programs are making moves. The Falcons are definitely making moves. But the Georgia Southern one is kind of an interesting one. So I want to talk about that first. So if you're here for the Atlanta Falcons stuff, please be patient. I'm going to get into that because I know, like, after I did my last episode and we talked about the, all the moves they made, the Falcons just made another move with Caden Ellis, which was definitely a linebacker edge rusher. Kind of blew my whole situation that I felt about uh, um, Nolan Smith out of the water. But we're not done yet with that pick. I may be right at the end of the day. Jalen Carter's still on the board. No telling what we're going to do. Christian Gonzalez as well. We're going to talk about all that because I think based on the moves we did, we're like we're going to be drafting best player available. So we're, we're going to talk about that. But first, we're going to talk about Georgia Southern, new defensive coordinator. I'm going to give you some stats or or some thoughts about that and, I, and what I think about the move. I think it's a fairly solid move. Not bad at all. If this is your first time here, welcome. I can be found on YouTube and Rumble. I'm also on Anchor, Stitcher, Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts. Uh, thank you guys for the support. I saw an uptick in views once again. Usually around this time, views, listenership on the podcast side goes up because it gets interesting. And I try to make it as concise and, you know, as simple to understand as possible. So I don't try to do too much of the rah-rah stuff. I just try to keep things in order as based on what is logical, what is not, what makes sense, what don't make sense. I'm, I'm not necessarily, and, and I kind of, this is probably to my detriment. I'm not much of a hype channel. I try not to hype the Falcons or Georgia Southern that much unless if they do something really big, like after a win or something, or after a really big, you know, uh, transaction or whatever. I, I usually get hyped after the fact, but I'm not like one of these, you know, channels that speculate and try to do it for all, all to, to gain hype. I'm just not the type of person. That and speculation, uh, I apologize if you're looking for that. That's just not me. I just try to keep it. I just try to keep it honest with my honest opinion about what's going on and what I think is going to happen based on the team. So let's go ahead and get into all of that. Um, we're going to talk about Georgia Southern first. I got some uh, information on my, on my, uh, oh, good, it's on my phone. I'm all over the place. I want to apologize to where our new defensive coordinator. And um, I want to, the new defensive coordinator for Georgia Southern, I want to get this out of the way real quick. Okay, I'm I'm sorry about the hold up. Uh, I want to apologize. I had to do a cut, uh, a, a jump on that. Um, Brandon Bailey is going to be our new defensive coordinator, and he came from Georgia Southern, went on to coach with uh Willie Fritz, coach Willie Fritz, and went up to oh Jeff Munkin and Willie Fritz, and then he went up to Buffalo to be the defensive coordinator. Now I'm gonna tell you something about this defensive coordinator. Don't know much about him or his philosophy. One thing I do know. He held our team, the high-powered offense of Georgia Southern last season, to 21 points. I mean, that that that's a really big feat. We didn't we weren't able to do much in the the bowl game, and that defense played very well against us. Now, was there some things self-inflicted? Uh, so-so. Uh, I don't think that we played that bad of a game, but we should have put up more than 21 points. So his defense was able to do something. And um, one thing I noticed about his defense, they like to tackle, and they like to tackle a lot. They don't mind getting people to the ground as soon as they put their hands on them. So this is one thing I like to see. So um, we already have a, a taste of what this defense looked like. If you watch 
the, the recent Camellia Bowl when we played against Buffalo. So now with him coming to this back to the school because I think he was at Richmond Hill High School at one point, and he's also a former alum of Georgia Southern. So he's coming back home. So that helps. You get a good defensive coordinator. In my opinion, I think he's pretty good to hold Georgia Southern's offense down to 21 points. I mean, hell, even Nebraska couldn't do that. You know, but nevertheless, when you are able to, um, you know, get a guy who looks like he has a pretty solid resume on defense and turn back around and bring him home, it's a win-win. Now, what I will say about him as well, when I'm looking at my phone, I'm going to give you some more stats really quick, that um, uh, for the most part, Buffalo is like right in the middle of the road when it comes to not only when it comes to stats defensively, not only in their conference, but in the country. I think they were ranked 61st in the entire uh, country. And when it comes to the defense, they basically rank number six out of a 12 out of the Mac. And the Mac has 12 teams, you know, so they were right in the middle. Now, if, for contrast, if you want to look at what the um, Georgia Southern Eagles did, uh, I, I don't know what we rank nationally. I, I didn't look that up. But I will say Georgia Southern was number 12 in a 14-team league as far as defense. So something's got to give. You know what I mean? I mean, I think we gave up, uh, let's see, for the most part, we gave up uh, almost 31 points a game. And when you look at Buffalo, I want to see what Buffalo gave up defensively really quick uh, per game. I don't see the points per game, points per game. It, it's not on here, I will say that. But they averaged... Um, let's see what's number six. The average on giving up 395 points, which is kind of high. I think we were like in the 400, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, we're at 411, so it's not too much of a difference. But when you look at where they rank totally, 61st in the country, I know we weren't nowhere near that, and I also know that we, we weren't in the middle of the pack when it comes to uh, you know, the conference, they would literally be six. So he's literally, uh, oh, oh, I said that too many times. He's pretty much in the middle. His defense was in the middle of the of the FBS. 61st out of 131 teams and sixth in his conference. I would say this is somewhat of an upgrade. There's nothing against Will Harris, but what I would say with Will Harris is that he just didn't get a chance to implement what he wanted. And I, I don't know if we're going to go with growing pains with Bailey coming in. I'm not sure. I said this. I've been on record when I talked to the guys in the Discord. If he's able to get these guys to tackle, that, that that's an instant upgrade already. Because one thing we weren't able to do, we weren't able to tackle well. If we get that together, and I think honestly, I I think we similar. I think we pretty much have better talent than the guys at Buffalo. Those guys played above their means. I mean, there was not a few guys. There weren't too many guys that really stood out that I remember from Buffalo. But we have some athletes at Georgia Southern. We got some guys that are coming in that are bona fide playmakers. I mean, you talk about the transfer, you know, um, from K-State, the guy from Washington, the guy from Bowling Green. We have some playmakers coming in on top of the guys we already had. Some of the recruits that are coming in that are true freshmen. Some, you know, we got some guys. So I'm thinking that this is going to be a pretty good look for Georgia Southern. You bring the guy back home. And, you know, also what this says about Coach Clay Helton, I think this may be a situation where Clay Helton's probably going to be around a little bit longer than we thought we is, that he is. Because Clay Helton loves the area 
and he seemed like he's really committed to building something here. I mean, he's from the area, the southeast area, the Florida area, and it just seems like he's he's not looking like he's trying to build something to gain the biggest contract and run off to a power five school. I could be wrong, but with this type of hire, it's starting to you're starting to see that he's bringing guys in that are from this area. Will Harris like the was one of the few people that wasn't from you know the southeast. You know, you look at and Ryan Ellis and Applin and all these other guys, they were homegrown Georgia guys, and he's bringing another one in. And, you know, it's, it's going to be really interesting to see how this plays out. So I just wanted to pass that on. I know I talked a little bit too long about that, but I wanted to get that out, out there for Georgia Southern because I know a lot of people want to hear about the Falcons because big news with the Falcons. We're going to get into that right now. Caleb McGarry, he signed for a three-year uh, deal for $34 million. Um, look like it's gonna be around 11 million uh, a year. That's a steal because a lot of people thought that McGarry was going to be a guy that's going to be going for 15, 17 million a year. Don't get me wrong, he was somewhat of a weak link on that line, but he did step up throughout the year. Hope that running game be what it was, and um, you, you can't ask for more than that when a guy does produce at the level that you know the team wanted him to, and he's getting paid for it. Also, the other news today: Taylor Heineke was signed. To a two-year deal with the Falcons. And with these two moves, on top of everything else, I think the Falcons are going to go best player available at this point. I, I don't see where the Falcons are going to be in need of something outside of cornerback. Christian Gonzalez is going to be the guy that probably be there at eight. Um, I think Joey Porter Jr. is another one that's going to be there. I think it was another name out there. Corner. I think the cornerback um, class is actually pretty good. It just depends on what you want. But um, the whole Nolan Smith thing was blown out of the water, like I said earlier, when it comes to uh, when, when it came to Keaton, Keaton Ellis, when he was signed. I was like, whoa, what? That came out of nowhere because it was after I did my show yesterday and he gets signed. So I'm like, all right, what are the Falcons going to do now as far as pass rush? Are they going to draft somebody in pass rush? I mean, Jalen Carter could be there, but then again, you turn around and sign, you know, Amanyada, I think. Oye Mignotta, I think I said that right. I said that wrong. I, I'm not good with names. You signed him to go beside Grady Jarrett. So Jalen Carter, does he come in and rotate? You draft him in eight. He's going to play right away. So what are we doing? I don't know. Maybe that is the case. You still got Nolan Smith out there. My favorite pick to, to get, but you get Caden Ellis. And I'm like, all right, what are we doing? You still got a couple of guys that are, you know, Rashawn Evans may be coming back. Now you're looking at a situation like, is he going to be a cornerback to, to go on the side of, other side of uh, A.J. Terrell? Because we don't know what Casey Hayward's going to be like. Or we just going to go best player available. And I'm talking about best player available throughout the draft, not just number eight. I think the Falcons put themselves in really good position to be that. And now we could draft, you know, pretty much anybody we wanted to with the moves we made because the moves we made, you know, are not necessarily need because of depth. It was needed because we were lacking. You get some guys in here that can produce and keep that same depth. That's basically what has happened here. Now we're looking, we don't need a guy that's going to come in that's, that, that probably needs to play right away. And, and I think that's where the best player available is. You bring the best player in, let him come in and compete, and if he happens to get that position, cool. Or you find ways to use him to be successful, cool. That, and, and that's one of the luxuries that the Falcons just put themselves in. You know, they put themselves in a really good position to do something like this. So 
Um, I, I want to let you guys know that I am extremely, extremely impressed with what the Falcons done. I didn't think that they were going to be able to pull this off, even with all the money that they had. I, you know, we've been in so many situations where the Falcons were, man, I don't know. They're going to sign certain people. We didn't have the money to sign people. But now we're in a situation where we have the money and we sign these guys. And it looked like for the most part, we're still going to be like 30 million. You know, we still have 30 million in cap space after signing McGarry and, and Taylor Heineke. Yo, you, you, you got to understand, like at this point, we, we have enough money to sign our draft class, even though that's probably already allocated already. I don't think that's something that's in the in the cast. It could be, but you, you're probably sitting there and you're still going to have a lot of money to play with, you know, for, you know, the rest of the year or for the rest of the off season. What happens if somebody just don't get picked up in free agency? You can be able to still afford them. What if there's a big name out there that you could say trade for and you don't have to take too big of a hit to take on that contract. It's a lot. Um, it's a lot going on here. So with that being said, it is a very good situation for the Falcons. And um, it, it's all good. And we also have to understand at the end of the day that uh, the Falcons are trying to do something to win football games. And I think this is a really good step. I cannot be, um, like I, said, I can't be more impressed with what they've done. Could we, get a, could we have a better quarterback situation? Yeah, uh, we could. I mean, a lot of people wanted a certain quarterback, you know, and um, some people don't think Desmond Ritter isn't it. Some people even going out on a limb and saying Tyler Henneke, or Tyler, Taylor Henneke is going to be QB1, you know, but I still believe in the process at this point. You look at everything that these guys done in the last two, you know, years, um, I'm, I'm really impressed with what uh, Arthur Smith and company has done. I think they've done a phenomenal job. I give them an A, you know, at least for the this uh off season so far overall i can give them a b b minus for everything i mean they went seven and ten two years in a row where this team should have had no business winning seven games i mean let's be honest i mean you look at last season we were supposed to have the worst roster ever and we we'll go two and 15 we end up winning seven games so that, that 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 counts for something if anything i think it counts on good coaching and we got a pretty good coach with arthur smith we're really going to see what happens now when he gets the players that he wants Finally, the, the player that he can't afford, from John o. Smith all the way to um, Taylor Heineke and everything, everybody else who would resign and guys we picked up, the Jesse Bates of the world, everybody we got in between, you know. So we are in a situation where we're going to be looking pretty good. So um, let me know what you guys think about the George Southern defensive coordinator. Let me know what you also think about the Falcons. Um, I think we're in a good, a good, pretty good shape for both uh, teams. So uh, if you like this commentary, hit the like button, share this podcast. Subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. Let me know what you guys think about both of these situations. I think we're doing pretty good. It's going to be really interesting how the days go by when they lead up to the draft. Who are we going to pick up? Are we going best player available now? Do we go after Christian Gonzalez? Are we going to straight cornerback at number eight? What uh, What is all in the plans for, um, let's say, Casey Hayward when he comes back? What about Isaiah Oliver? We haven't talked about him. Do we bring him back in the fold and pretty much go best player available in general you know um the more i think about it it, it may be christian gonzalez 1a and best player available 1b but it looks like it, it could be a cornerback at this point because we haven't signed one so we'll see how it goes 
let me know what you guys think. I'm going to get up out of here. I am on YouTube and Rumble. Also, Anchor Stitcher, Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts. I will see you guys with the next one. Thank you guys for all the support. And I will see you guys uh, tomorrow. All right, y'all. Y'all take it easy. Y'all be blessed. Peace.